M A Y D A D Wait. <laughs> Why can't I spell my name? This is second time. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Barbell Radio. As always, this is your host, Canon, and I'm excited to bring you another English episode where I interview a powerlifting athlete. Today's guest is a young female 47 kilo weight class powerlifter who currently lives in Vienna, Austria. She is a national junior record holder for the 47 kilo class in all squat, bench, deadlift, and total. As well as holding the open national record for squat, deadlift, and total at the age of 19. I am very excited to introduce the dedicated young lifter, Keiko Maeda. And compared to the other episodes of Barbell Radio, it is probably not as intense and probably more easy to listen to as we talk casually about her lifting career and her motivation as a lifter. Anyways, that's enough from me, and let's move on to the talk. Barbell Radio. Okay, so today I'm connected online on Zoom with a Japanese European female powerlifter. I am very excited to introduce Keiko. Thank you for being on the show. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> okay, so this will be like the. Third time <laughs> that we do this since the first two times we had like technical difficulties, but I hope it's gonna be okay now. So, for those that may not be aware of who you are, can you maybe briefly give an introduction of who you are and what you do? Hi, so I'm Keiko and I'm 19 years old. So, both of my parents are Japanese,、mm-hmm. um, but I was born in Switzerland and then we moved to Vienna since. I don't know, in 2001, I think. And I grew up and have been living there ever since. And I'm a powerlifter. So, <laughs> a big part of powerlifting. Okay,、yeah. so today's,、um, on today's episode, we'll be touching on a few, well, mostly like powerlifting topics, but a few points about your personal life. As you are obviously a Japanese woman living overseas, and you, I'm pretty sure you have like, Very good insights about that. So we'll talk about that. And I know you also sent me some questions, so feel free to jump in and ask me anything. That sounds good, right? Yes, perfect. Okay. So you said you live in Vienna, which is in Austria, right? Yeah. And how long have you been there exactly? Since 2001. 2001. Oh, I'm sorry, you did say it. I'm sorry. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Your life is really confusing for me. I didn't even know、really? that you were born in Switzerland. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. that's not that important, though, because I've only been there for like a year.、Okay. And I think you thought at the beginning that I was from Australia, right? Um, I don't think so. Oh, that was, oh, that was Nomura Yu. She was like,、uh-huh. oh my god, <laughs> Australia is so cool. I was like, I'm not from Australia. No, I get that a lot. Oh, you're from、yeah. Austria? No. Australia, Australia. It's yeah. Like, very, very. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I want to move into some like powerlifting topics. I believe we connected through Instagram, and the first impression of you was like, you're like really strong. And then the second impression of you、Thank、was you. like, <laughs> you're like super young, right? You said you're 19, right? So,、yeah. how long have you been involved in this sport and how did you get into it? So, I started powerlifting in October 2018. So, it hasn't been that long, actually.、Mm-hmm. Not even two years.、Um, so, I met my coach at my. Old gym, and then we started talking. And then he mentioned that I had good chances in powerlifting,、mm-hmm. so not only leverage wise, but also strength wise. Okay, so at that time, I think my best lift were like 90 kilo high ball squat, but the form、wow. was pretty horrific actually. But、um, <laughs> and my bench、um, was 50, and I think 97.5 kilo for a conventional deadlift. I put、wow. some more, some more is better. <laughs>、um, so yeah, I wouldn't say I would say that strength-wise, it wasn't you know that bad to start powerlifting maybe. Very very. Good, and、yeah. um, 
yeah, half a year later, later, um, since, you know, since I met my coach, I started training with him. Okay. Yeah. And you said you were training before you met your coach, right? Where were you training? Yeah. Where? At a very basic commercial gym. So it was like a commercial gym, I would gym, not right? step foot in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did you even start lifting in the first place? So I think um, when I was 14, mm-hmm. my sister started going to the gym herself, you know, but okay. not for like strength reason, but only like for doing cardio and lose weight. Right. I want to lose weight too. I want to be skinny and whatever. Yeah. And um, then I met a friend when I was like 16 until okay. like I signed up to the gym with, at 14. That is like the youngest wow. you can sign up to okay. a gym with. Uh, when your parents agree, you know. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So with per- parental permission, yeah. So I started going to the gym there. My workouts were like an hour cardio okay. and then 20 air squats and that was it <laughs> for like two years, I think. Very then, different um, to now, huh? Yes. <laughs> now I do two hours of training and barely any cardio. Just squats. <laughs> um, so, so I started with the intention of, you know, losing weight and getting skinny but i didn't touch any weights and then a friend of mine suggested like maybe you start a few kilos and then i did yeah. and um he also showed me like squatting and stuff you know at the beginning i was squatting diagonally to the mirror so i can see uh, yeah. that i'm hitting depth i wear i was also using a barbell pad and was uh oh i love it around love it. it and stuff <laughs> yeah also the butt squeeze at the top and oh, yeah, everything yeah. it was just i can say i've learned a lot since then yeah of course i'm very happy that i did yeah and the fact that you started at such a young age too because 14 is not yeah. that old like pretty and uh, you know like it's been a while so it's good that you have that kind of advantage as well because i started lifting when i was like 17 18 <laughs> Wait, and since when have you been, uh, like, when um, did you start powerlifting? I started on my second year of university. So that was, like, that's when I first stepped into the gym. But I've been doing uni for, like, seven years. So five years ago, I think, I started training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. so I don't know. You have a big advantage, I think. And you're only 19, too. So can't wait. Yeah. Uh, I also have to mention that, you know, the actually the year that I started powerlifting was mm-hmm. also in January 2018 was the first time ever that I touched a barbell to train upper body. Okay. Um. So I started with wiggly, empty barbell bench presses <laughs> in January. We all and, start there. Um, yeah. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> Made some progress. Hell yeah! It's, you're 19. You're still very very young. Yeah. So um, tell me your squat, bench, and deadlift numbers right now. Your your best numbers. So currently it's 112.5 with squat, mm-hmm. um, 76 with bench, and 121 with deadlift. Wow, very strong. And like you put it up on your Insta story, like I think it was yesterday, that your first comp was you hit a PR on your squat, and it's been a PR ever since, right? Yeah. That's crazy. So with my squat, it has been a quite rocky road because after Viennese regionals was my first comp ever, yeah. um, I kind of missed a squat in training. And every, like since then, I was really not scared, but I had pretty big respect, you know, for the yeah. weight. Um, and then it was like kind of rocky. And yeah. The, the fear of, you know, having a lot of, weight on my back went yeah. away at the end of December and ever since it has gone up as well if mm-hmm. right now the gyms wouldn't be closed because of corona yeah. I think that with you know with my cycle I would have hit a new PR yeah but life happens yeah I know right I'm yeah. sure a lot of people are feeling like the same way and would you would you say like mm. your squats are probably the strongest lift like relatively like your powerful most powerful lift what is that Mm, i would say that my most powerful lift is my bench okay and i don't know i think it's a good segue to get into the next topic like your bench right you have a very 
high arch, wide grip bench, yeah. creating a very small range of motion. Uh, if you go on Keiko's Instagram, I think you'll be able to see some of her bench videos. Um, can you please tell me why you do this? So first of all, you know, um, creating an arch and also maximizing uh, the grip width mm -hmm. um, is an advantage for powerlifting, especially to reduce the range of motion. And I also find that it helps you utilize leg drive. Mm -hmm. And um, also, you know, when you create an arch, you are making space for your shoulder blades when you retract and um, depress your scapula. And that way it is healthier for your shoulders and right. also you pr it provides you more stability um, due to engagement of your upper back and legs yeah. as well. Okay. So it's and less range of motion, more. better uh, shoulder position as well, you would yeah. say. Yeah, and you know, it makes you able to lift, like press more weight. Yeah, okay. So have you, like, because, you know, in powerlifting rules, you're not allowed to have your butt come off the bench. Do you have any problems with that? No. You don't? I used to have the problem, yeah. um, but that was because my foot positioning was completely different. Okay. So it was more closer to me sideways and then... Obviously, when you push your legs into the ground, mm -hmm. when they're so close, it's easier for your butt to come off. But now, right. my feet... So that is like a thing that I realized improved mm -hmm. my arch. Yeah. It's actually the only thing I can do because I have no clue otherwise. <laughs> yeah. um, is that now my feet are looking um, forward and right. they're pretty far away from me. Okay. Is that better for your leg drive as well? or? I think so, yeah. Because I can push myself back you know? yeah I push myself that like up yeah while pressing into the ground but I'm like pressing in my feet into the ground but pushing like back okay yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I've heard about that from a lot of lifters as well and sorry this is like not within the questions but what are some of the cues when you bench like like while you're benching like what do you think about when you're benching like what are you careful about I think when someone is giving me a lift off, which is yes. also a very specific thing. Right, because right. Because I am very short. You know, like I said, my coach said that I have good leverage. So my arms are pretty short. Yeah. So, and with the maximal. Yeah. Uh, allowed, like, what do you say? How do you call it? The, uh, grip width? Yeah, the max, like, you know okay, what I mean? Right? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. And also with my completely huge arch, but yeah. actually, okay, no, but when it comes to the lift off, it's because of my grip width. Um, yeah. I am at level one at a squat bench combo. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when someone is giving me a lift, lift off, they have to carry all the weight, mm -hmm. but they can't lift it too high because otherwise my shoulder blades go out of position and yeah. then I have to retract them again. Yeah. Um, Wow. So that is also a very complicated process. Oh. Um, but my shoulder blades are actually already tucked in, I'd right. say. So that yeah. I, I am actually, but then I get the bar and then yeah. I think, but yeah, I think I brace even more. Yeah. I just so, try to lower yeah. the bar underneath my chest and then yeah. just push up, I think. Okay. So it's like, there is no way that you could do like a self rack. No. Yeah, because that, that would be a lot. Yeah. with more than 50 kilo. So, like, I think 50 kilo or 55 is the most I can lift off. Yeah, just the positioning. And that's very interesting to me. Okay, and um, you must... Because not all your followers are powerlifters. You'll probably have some fitness, like, gym goers who thinks that bench press is all about bodybuilding or, you know training for hypertrophy purposes so you must yeah. like get a lot of like comments right about your bench press arch and how short your range of motion is yeah <laughs> it's not only from non-powerlifters but even powerlifters comment okay yeah they're like okay i get that in powerlifting it's allowed 
yeah. but that is extreme and you know and then they say something like it's not about strength anymore but only flexibility and blah yeah. blah blah yeah um so yeah it's also very controversial within the powerlifting community yeah but it's not even your fault no i you know <laughs> i just do what ipf says yeah. is okay yeah. yeah exactly it's nothing is your fault do you take that you don't you obviously don't take that offensive right right no okay good <laughs> Because do you like <laughs> that makes me able to lift a lot. So yeah, do you like respond to those messages? Or um, comments? most of most of the time, not really, because it's yeah. always the same comment, you know. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Like, oh, that's too short. It's not strength. It's just flexibility. Blah blah blah. Yeah. I just can't be really bothered with it because yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah. I'm just following Thanks. the rules of doing my sport twenty times already. Yeah, and you told me last interview that you got a lot of shares on some of your videos, right? Yeah, so my, the last video that was really controversial was my, like, a PR video of mine where I hit, like, 75 for the first time. Yeah. And it got shared, like, 560 times and saved 60 times, and I don't know, it was just crazy. You get, you'll probably get a lot of fame from that as well, so why not? <laughs> but you haven't, like, had any injuries from it or anything, have you? No. Okay. And your lower back doesn't, Never. like, strain at all? Or... I mean, if frequency is really high, let's say I do this kind of arch four times a week, mm. then, yeah, my back gets tired, but yeah. other than that, it's completely fine. Yeah. And it's kind of, like... I don't know, a, a very unnatural position, for, like biomechanically, like your body being in a position like that. Like, do you have to like have a good flexibility? And if you do, then where do you need to have, where do you need to be mobile? Like, um, so, well, I don't <laughs> know if people um, mm-hmm. expect me to give like a answer with, you know, with methods that they can yeah. create such an extreme arch but um i need to say that my arch has been pretty decent from the beginning so Mm -hmm. and i have been actually i am pretty mobile so i didn't do any mobility stuff to my Mm -hmm. spine in order to create it so it just came with benching a lot and natural bencher (laughs) it's like my coach always jokes around that you know as soon as i got my current arch yeah. I am embracing my Japanese side. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I've always been mobile, like, in my lower spine. Mm-hmm. But I realized, you know, the biggest difference I noticed in my arch um, mm-hmm. is when I, when my thoracic spine yeah. became more mobile. Because yeah. at the beginning, my arch was, you know, there was a arch in the lower back. And then right. my thoracic spine went down down, down. Like, yeah, all yeah, com- yeah. almost completely straight so yeah. it didn't really do anything you know to decrease the range of motion mm-hmm. but as soon as my thoracic spine became mobile as well yeah then not only was the arch from my lower back but also from my upper back so right yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. came up mm-hmm. was, got closer to the bar so i would say thoracic spine mobility yeah what about your neck do you think because you know you're bending this way like yeah your head down and then your chest up because i i know some people do stretch their neck a lot maybe that maybe you have a very flexible neck as well yeah what about your your wrist as well i don't know but like i said when it comes to mobility yeah i i didn't do anything so yeah (laughs) does your wrist hurt when you do such a wide grip um yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, of course, when you when you do like back up sets with 60 or something, then it's completely fine. Mm. But when you do a top set with like 74 or something, it's it kind yeah. of... Especially because I am like so little. Yeah. And also my wrists are really tiny. Right. Then yeah, I could not bench without wrist wraps. Yeah, neither can I. I can't even squat without wrist wraps. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, no, I totally understand. Um, so let's move a little bit into your your tra- uh, topics about training. So do you have you have a coach right now, right? Yeah. 
Yep. And what does your training look like? Okay, so um, my coach, he's called Patrick Oberstolz, if anyone wants to see him on Instagram. <laughs> I don't even know what you said. Um, yeah. So <laughs> um, my training is based on um, the RTS, the reactive okay. training system um, founded by Mike Tishier. He was also mm-hmm. um, the one who created the RPE scale, which I'm going to mm-hmm. touch on later. Yep. So with RTS, um, you create a training system based on the three main lifts. So mm-hmm. squat, bench, deadlift, where you use the RPE scale, the RPE scale mm-hmm. to rate how hard a particular set was. So um, in addition to the main lifts, um, you program as well supplemental lifts um, mm-hmm. that eradicate your weaknesses in certain ROMs. So mm-hmm. you could do pin press, for example, pin squat, pass bench, pass squat, etc mm-hmm. um the cycle the training cycle is divided in two parts so the mm-hmm. development cycle and the pivot cycle the mm-hmm. development cycle is where you do your comp lifts and aim to increase the weight mm-hmm. um and at some point the athlete will peak meaning yeah. that their estimated one rep max is the highest and right. this is then followed by a decrease in performance okay and that's when you start going into the pivot cycle or so-called deload. Okay, deload. And that is yeah. one week? It depends. I think Mike Toshira said that he uses 30% of the duration from the de- development cycle to determine how long the okay. deload cycle is going to be. Nice, okay. Lots of with calculations me, there. Yeah. yeah, with me, for example, it's like four weeks. Okay. Development cycle, which is actually pretty short, mm. followed by one week. Oh, like. okay, okay. Yeah. And um, so you usually in your development uh cycle, do you take singles? So you do take singles on your yes. your cycle, because I yes. never, I hardly ever take singles, just when never? I peak. Yeah. Oh damn. Yeah, I think that's pretty common for RTS to have singles and then you know, these singles followed by backup sets. Mm, okay, very interesting. And uh, how many days a week do you train? Well, if you're not on quarantine. Yeah, so normally <laughs> I train four times a week. Okay, four times a week. Okay, so yeah. that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a normal frequency, I guess. And um, you mentioned a little bit about how you base your training uh, with RPE. Can you please explain what that is for us? So RPE stands for rate of perceived exertion. So Mm -hmm. it's a numerical scale from one to 10 based on how hard a set felt Mm -hmm. too. So RPEs below seven are usually for warm-up sets and you can also take half jumps. So like uh, 0.5, which is like RP7, RP7.5, RP8. Um... And like I said, RPs below seven are like more like warm up mm. weight. Um, and then RP seven, seven, five, eight, eight, five um, is the speed okay. of a single or yeah. when you do back off sets, so multiple reps, mm-hmm. that can also determine whether or not you could have done um, a few more reps. Okay. So it, it's really based, the numbers are based on how many more reps that you have left in the tank or whatever it is. Technically, right? yeah. So, because I, I hear a lot about like, if you do, if you can grind two more reps out, then it would be an RPE8 or something like that. That's, would that be correct? Yeah. And if you feel like you're, if you're not completely sure if you could have done two more, mm-hmm. then it's like an 8.5 because then okay. it's like a maybe two more okay okay yeah. and that's a very because, subjective number right yeah okay but also i think that's really good because you know the rpe numbers mean you know each number has a certain meaning yeah but each person can rate their performance i mm, think yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. because because like you said when someone says that they could have grinded two more reps, mm-hmm. it could have been a completely total, um, I don't know how you say that. Yeah. Like grinding for you Object. probably means something different yeah. than grinding for me. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. That's I mean. yeah. yeah, that's true. 
Because, okay, if I thought it was an RP8, and then you watching my lift says, oh, you def, that was definitely an RP7. Yeah. That kind of breaks the purpose of RPEs, don't you think? I just thought of that. Maybe, I don't know, but I find myself confused as well because, yeah. you know, right after I finish the single, I'm like, oh, that was so slow. That was an RP 8.5, 9 yeah. maybe. And then I look at the video, I was like, fuck, that's an RP. Yeah. But then I'm like, oh, but it was so heavy. Yeah. And then you have to come to like a middle point because, you know, it can feel hard, but also you have to, I think you have to combine it because yeah. you can't be too subjective. All right. And right, that's right. why filming yourself is important, I think, because yeah. then you see it from the outside, you know, without mm. being influenced by your thoughts of being, re- being really hard yeah. and difficult. And that's okay. why I like using them. Yeah. Because um, let's say, because RPEs also enable you to change your training. Mm-hmm. If adjust, you, on a yeah. certain yeah, adjust your training if you're not feeling that good on mm-hmm. that certain day because um imagine you would work with percentages. Mm. Let's say you had a single with I don't know how many, like hundred kilo, but that felt like an RPE eight, but yep. you you were supposed to do the single at an RP7, mm. then you can't increase because you're like, that was it's already like my a, top set. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're confused about what your backup set is going to be like, you know, mm. because it says, I don't know, a certain percent of your one rep max is going to be your backup set. Yeah. And with the RPEs, you can do as much weight to hit mm. the RP. So it's like, you know, the RPE scale enables you to adjust the weights accordingly yep. to fit your ability on that particular day. Okay. Yeah, because only you know how you feel doing that lift. Yeah. But that, like, I think it opens the door for, like, you slacking off maybe or you being lazy or things like that. What do you think about that? Like, if you're super tired, maybe you feel, like, unmotivated. I have to do an RP8 today, but... Oh, I don't know. It kind of felt heavy, so maybe not. Oh, that was oh, that was already too much for me, kind of thing. Because you're, it's so subjective. Does it make you slack off a little bit? No, no. I, I think because I'm filming myself as well mm. when I do my lifts. So you know, and I also watch the videos yeah. after each set yeah. to determine the RPE. Mm. And um, when I can see that, you know, of course it's gonna feel heavy. Actually, whatever we, you know, no matter how many kilograms we lift, it is actually heavy, you know, to have an extra 80 kilo on your back, even yeah. though maybe it's not that much for you yeah. as a power lifter, but you know. Mm. Um, but when I look at the video, I see that it was pretty easy. Yeah. And I also have a coach. Imagine he wants an RP8 from me, but I send him an RP6 just because I didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also... You know, I train to become stronger, so I don't want to, you know, lift at an RP6 but claim it was an RP8 just to not having to do more. But very, at the end, it's gonna, you know, at the end, I'm messing around with my game. Yeah, yeah, so. for sure. And you just said, like, even you kind of, like, get confused about what RP what RP it was. Was it hard for you to get used to the whole, the the style of using RPE for your training? I mean, the principle of RPE was pretty easy to understand. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to be able to really determine your RPE, mm-hmm. pretty difficult. Yeah. With bench, I'm pretty good with that. Um, but with squats, I had a really big problem. Okay. Also because, you know, I had, like, a lot of respect um, for squats. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think uh, it started in January that I started to understand how to do the RPs with my squats. Yeah. Um, but it's still really difficult. If I don't know, yeah. if I don't really know what mm-hmm. RP it was, mm-hmm. I'm going to write it into the plan, like, seven 7.5 question yeah. mark I and do then, that shit all the time <laughs> the video to my coach and I'm like am I correct 
yeah well same with me as well and i think it's rp is really good because like we're not robots like we're not supposed to like progress a progress is not supposed to be like concrete right like this day you do this many percentage with this much weight and it's supposed to feel this way but we're not like that right so it's like very i think it's like human way of programming training don't you think yeah i think it's good yeah like i said i feel like rps you know enable you to you know adjust the weight to ability on that day yeah for sure yeah which is very important um so let's move into some of your uh you actually are taking a course right for diet nutrition tell me about that so i am doing the mnu course that is um by martin mcdonald he's really present in the nutrition scene also like in the evidence-based nutrition scene and i'm doing his course um i'm in his september 2019 intake so if everything goes well, I'm going to be done with the course in November. And then I want to do nutrition coaching with athletes um, or also with people who just, you know, with general population who just want to lose weight, gain muscle mass or yeah. improve their health or okay. nutrition habits or whatever. And he's from England, right? Yeah, from the UK. Okay. And um, so the fact that you want to study nutrition and help people out, does that... Like, do you want to do this because you got into powerlifting and you realized the importance or was it, was the whole, your value on nutrition very big before the whole powerlifting thing? Um, actually it came because of powerlifting. Mm-hmm. The main reason why I wanted to do this course because, uh, is because I was very fascinated by the fact that how nutrition can improve performance mm-hmm. and athletes yeah so that was actually the primary reason why i want to do this yeah me too definitely like for for example diets are not the same for everybody right like no. what as a powerlifter what kind of diet what kind of diet can you recommend for powerlifting athletes i think there's no certain diet mm-hmm. that fits everyone for example some people could prefer to eat less carbs because i don't know maybe when they eat too many carbs they feel kind of tired and sluggish but some people could feel very good on high carbs but don't do that well on higher fats so they keep it low or pretty moderate Mm -hmm. um i would only say that it is important to eat a adequate amount of protein i wouldn't recommend going lower than 1.8 i would say minimum 1.8 up to i don't know three grams per okay. kilogram i personally eat 2.3 and wow like increase it even more what do you eat it from um, chicken oh yeah i also use whey protein and okay. i also eat a lot of um i don't know what's it called in english like curd quark i've heard of that that is a very popular thing in austria and um that is pretty high protein and also very low in fat and that is yummy it's like a very sturdy um yogurt thing okay oh curd cheese it's yeah or just google quark quark it says curd is a dairy product obtained by coagulating milk in a process called curd curdling curdling Okay. I'm not quite sure if that's it. Because <laughs> I go- I tried to find the translation. It says like curd, quark, and so. How do you how do you spell it? Q U A R K. I'm so confused. Oh, it's still dairy. It's a fresh fresh dairy product made by warming source milk until this desired amount of curding is met. So it's like cottage cheese almost. Mm, no, it's like <laughs> very very sturdy. Yeah, it's not okay. creamy at all. Okay. You need to add water if you want it to make like a yogurt consistency. Do they have this in Japan? I don't know. I don't oh. think so. It's a it very like? Austrian German thing, I'd say. Okay. And do you just It's eat like it sour. Its yeah. No, I sweeten it with sweetener. <laughs> so it's like you eat it like you're Or I bake with it. Oh. It's like a good calorie-friendly way for, you know, 
cheesecakes. Ooh. <laughs> but it has a pretty sour taste, I'd say. Okay. High protein. Yeah. So I get my protein from quark, brown chicken, lean, grounded beef. Yeah. I need to get this quark thing in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. Maybe I can bring it to you in Japan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so maybe um, there might be some listeners that do not do powerlifting, but is interested in like losing weight or something. Like, what is something that you can recommend that they do daily? It could be anything. Like, it could be like taking walks or keeping track of calories or anything that you would that they can do every day to maybe maintain diet. Um, first of all, mm-hmm. I like to mention that weight loss is probably not the thing that most people want. Mm-hmm. So I think with weight loss, what they think, what they mean is actually fat loss. Good point. So yeah. that is a pretty big difference in my opinion. So because weight loss, you know, the goal is to see a lighter weight on the scale, scale yep. but um, it doesn't have anything to do specifically with, you know, having a better body composition yep, yep and yeah because when you want to decrease scale weight you could yeah. lose muscle and yeah achieve your goal, but then yeah. but you won't look better yeah um so i think what most people strive to do is fat loss mm-hmm. which is obviously the reduction of body fat mass um mm-hmm. and yeah so to lose body mm-hmm. fat what mm-hmm. you obviously have to do is to be in a calorie deficit. Mm-hmm. So the calories you consume is less than the calories you burn. Or it could be that the calories you burn is more or higher than the calories you consume. So you can right. do it either way. Like yep. either limit your food consumption, like your calorie consumption, or increase your activity. Yep. But I would do. I would limit the food intake because this is easier to measure yeah. than to measure how each person, how much each person is burning right. in an activity because that is so like individual yeah. and your fitness checker won't be able to track that. Like, yeah, the uh, calories. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It will overestimate everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's a lot easier to track your food if you want to track, um, because you know we have a lot of food database, which yeah. has the values and everything from the food. Um, so yeah, being a caloric caloric deficit and work out. Yeah, do some form of exercise. Like, what can you recommend? Yeah. Can it be like resistance training or even cardio? I would recommend resistance training because cardio yes makes you burn calories but it won't help you build muscle tissue up and when you lose the body fat you want you know you want to have a good shape yeah I think. like a good structure yeah, want yeah, yeah. That. yeah and um also weight training is important because if you're already consuming less your body is in a deficit right and if you don't use the muscles if you don't eat enough protein it could be possible that your body will be breaking down muscle tissue as well. Mm-hmm. And we don't want that. So to prevent your muscle tissues from being broken down, you have to, you know, do some f- sort of training with your muscles. Like I would really recommend resistance training, but maybe that's a bias. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And I would also, you know, just for the start, also increase your daily activity, like walk more. Mm-hmm walk shorter dif- uh, distances instead of taking the public transport, go the stairs instead of the escalator mm-hmm. or the elevator. Um, but yeah, nutrition-wise, I would eat a good amount of protein mm-hmm. because protein keeps you full. Yeah. And also, don't go too low with the fat because fat is very important for your hormone ho- household. Okay. Which is especially also important when you're already in a deficit mm-hmm. and also don't be scared of carbs they're not right. bad for you yeah but you gotta note that there are different types of carbs right yeah they're simple and complex carbs yeah and it's better to eat complex carbs with am i correct it's i don't think it's a matter of better or mm. worse i think um 
because fruit is still good for you you know fruit yeah. for example is not a complex carb it's a simple carb yeah um but the only difference is actually simple carb and complex carb is i think the um how many not bridges the chemicals have the molecules oh yeah yeah it's yeah, just yeah, the yeah. molecule structure yeah. thing yeah. it doesn't mean that simple carbs are like worse or yeah. I, i don't like saying worse bad. Or, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. know using the word good bad healthy unhealthy for food because i think that creates a bad relationship mm-hmm. for the food um i yeah. feel like you can eat anything what you want just in moderation yeah. because i for example do flexible dieting if i have to yeah name, put a name to it yeah. so i eat whatever i want mm-hmm. but i make sure to do that in moderation but still focus mainly on hitting my calories and okay. macrony- like my macros with high quality food okay yeah. but still if i want chocolate i'm going to eat chocolate yeah i think a lot of um people diet with the if it fits your macros like So it's like you set certain grams of uh protein, fats and carbohydrates and you can eat within that day. Like do you do that with flexible dieting? Yeah. But I don't even want to say that I am doing a certain type of diet because I mm. just eat how I want to eat. Yeah. But I feel because I don't want to restrict myself to anything. Yeah. Because I don't think that it's going to create a good relationship with it. And I think a lot of people fail the diets because of restrictions. Do you think? Maybe you can agree or maybe not. I don't know. I yeah, I think that's also like a reason. But I also think that they take too big of a jump. Right. You know, they're like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to start a diet where I leave out all kind of processed food and I'm only going to eat clean and healthy and good food mm. and that's not going to be sustainable. To yeah. make an 180 turn. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. So start with something doable, right? That you can yeah. continue maybe. Yeah. I think maybe. like smaller steps, yeah. Yeah. And that Find... could be anything, right? I think so, yeah. I think you know, it depends on the person. Mhm. But um they have to do You know, I think like there's no one diet fits all and also because maybe I like tracking my food and then therefore able to eat include you know ice cream because I wait because yeah. and then I can see if I still have calories left or mm-hmm. macros my macros or whatever um but that doesn't mean that I don't know you should track I don't know maybe it could yeah. be possible that you don't like tracking you know maybe yeah. that's stressful for you yeah mm-hmm. that's true there is yeah there's no one way fits all no. okay sadly yeah. <laughs> that's true Probably a lot simpler. Yeah. Okay, so let's um move into some of your just maybe a few things about your personal life. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm wondering like what it's like growing up as a Japanese person overseas. Like, have you had any struggles or difficulties with that? I can't think of anything specifically right now. Mm-hmm. I don't have like any major things that I could think of where where I was like oh my god yeah it's so hard being me. Yeah. Um the only like thing that I comes to my mind is like nothing even major it's just like whenever my family and I go out for dinner in a restaurant they purchase in English a lot of the times and ask us Time. if we want a English card assuming that we can't speak German. Right. But that I mean, yeah. I don't I don't know. Really. Yeah. Yeah, and you obviously don't take offense to that at all, right? No, yeah. not really. Yeah, I'm trying to be polite. <laughs> yeah, because I remember like um, when I went to Australia, uh, like 2007, there was only a handful of Japanese people. Like I think there was like 2,000 people in my high school, and only me and my brother was like the only Japanese people. <laughs> So it was like yeah. very it, yeah it was very like hard for us to live to grow up in Australia. But maybe Europe has it easier with the whole racial discrimination thing. Maybe not I mean, now. It could be possible because <laughs> yeah, it kind of makes sense I guess because you know, if you think geographically, mm-hmm. um Austria is in the middle of Europe. So we 
do have people from countries all around Europe, like yeah. um, Slovakia, Germany, Italy, and stuff. So yeah, maybe that's why. Yeah, I'm not sure really. Yeah, maybe that has something. Could to be a reason it. though. Yeah. yeah, and what's it with like the whole coronavirus thing? Like you know how people are saying, ah. Oh, Everybody's bullying Japanese or Asian people and saying "get out of my country," blah 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 blah. Like, do you get that? Do you see that? Um, I mean, obviously there are people who think like that. Yeah. Um, sadly, but um, I think that I only, only. I mean, it happens. It's like bad enough. But um, yeah. Two times when my sister and I were walking our dog. Mm-hmm. We heard like a French guy say, "Oh, the Chinese with her chihuahua and stuff." And <laughs> the second time it was actually a young boy yeah. speaking concernedly with his mom, and he mentioned something with Chinese and stuff when we were pa- walking past, and that was kind of shocking because yeah. he was like probably six and was already concerned about. That and pointing out that we were Asians here next to them—that's the parents' fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But other than that, I think nothing has happened. Okay, because you do hear a lot of stuff, right? Like people getting punched out of nowhere. Yeah, I saw some news about that, and also what is happening now in China. Yeah, that's also crazy. What 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 things? Did you see Um, that they're now being racist towards African-looking? people what like, yeah or even i even saw that they put out a sign somewhere mm. at a bar i think where yeah. it said um we do not serve people from africa or african looking people or something why that what was happened? i don't know because That's... now the i think the numbers are increasing again with the virus but it's like not from the within the country but because some people came back, back to china and they brought the virus again and then i don't know right. that's crazy actually Ooh, a lot of i don't know i think everyone's every country just like really trying to protect them their own countries so i don't know like oh i don't know it but, is a mess yeah it is a it is a mess isn't it um so how are you like trying to stay fit while this quarantine is happening do you have any ideas like are you doing stuff right now i would like to say that doing bodyweight stuff is you know <laughs> it does do stuff helping me and mentally and physically yeah and i'm gonna get so strong i'm gonna get back to the gym so strong because of all my bodyweight stuff i wish i could say that <laughs> but um i mean now it's my but you know you could see it as an opportunity to do some other stuff maybe some rehab stuff or give your body a rest from yep. all the heavy weight. Yeah. But I do really miss it. Yeah. yeah. And also now I am trying to watch over my nutrition. Mm-hmm. Now more than ever because, you know, if I can't work out. Yeah. Yeah, that is one thing that you can control. Like if you can't exercise, then you can really rethink about what you're putting into your body, right? <clears throat> Good yeah. opportunity. And also order a bike online to do cardio. <laughs> Oh, it hasn't arrived yet, but yeah, so I can do cardio at least. Good. Okay, some form of exercise. I don't know. Maybe yeah. you might come back as a triathlete or athlete or something. Oh no, thank you. Not about- <laughs> 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 okay, so we're just coming up on time. So where can people reach you? Like, do you have social media? <clears throat> on Instagram at Kekomaira. Mm-hmm. It's written. K E I K O M A Y D A D. Well, why can't I spell my name? This is the second time you've done this. I know. I feel so stupid. Okay. Okay, so you can find me on Instagram at Keiko Mayeda. So it's written K E I K O M A Y E D A. There we go. I'm not cutting that bit, by the way. I'm keeping that bit. Fuck you. <laughs> okay, and do you have any goals on um, powerlifting or even career-wise? Yes. So with powerlifting, I wanna compete at worlds and Yay! maybe bring home some medals and maybe even break the minus forty-seven junior belt. 
bench warrant record? I mean, I don't know how realistic that is, but that would be fucking cool. Um, I think the current world record is uh, 86 kilos. Okay. So and you're... Like 10 kilos to go. Okay, okay, okay. You got it. Would you... I have four more years, so... Yeah, exactly. And would that be what me would that be? Would that be in 2021? I think so. Right, right, yeah. I don't think that... I don't even know if they're gonna hold worlds this year. And even yeah. if I wouldn't be able to break the record yet, but maybe... I, I don't know. I don't want to pressure myself. I'm gonna give myself my whole junior career to do so. Yeah. And you're not planning on like competing bench-only meets? Um, I do want to actually, but yeah. I mean, if I had the chance to, you know, choose between powerlifting and bench only, I think I would do powerlifting. Okay. Yeah, good, good, good. Okay. And what are your some of your other goals, like career-wise, maybe? Um, career-wise, I want to do my course mm-hmm. and then coach people. Okay, and that would be like an online coaching, right? Yes. Okay. So I want to coach people, like no matter if they want to lose body fat, gain muscle mass, or improve their nutrition, or you know, perform because of their performance or because of overall health. So that'd be so cool. I am very yeah. very excited. Okay, so we'll cut it here now. Is there anything that you want to say? I don't know. <laughs> no. no <laughs> <laughs> Can't spell my name. That's what I know. (laughs) Okay, thank you for being on the show, Kiko. Thank you. (laughs) And there we have it. Make sure you check out Keiko's Instagram page. She posts her training as well as tips on what she found useful in her diet and training. As for Barber Radio, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, posting videos and clips from the episodes. A website probably coming soon as well. If you want to ask questions, feel free to message me on any of those platforms. Also, I would just like to say thank you for everyone supporting this podcast, for either listening or liking or subscribing, giving feedbacks or just being a guest for these episodes as well. I never thought that I would be able to create anything like this and it means the world to me to know that there are people out there showing love. (laughs) So thank you so much. Next week's episode is a Japanese episode where I interview a research student specializing in neuroscience and we talk about Alzheimer's disease and exercise. Now that's enough talking from me and I guess see you next week. Thank you.